Thank you very much. Yep, so as Neil has been saying, we've been doing 40 days of prayer with fasting. It's been really good. And I'm going to be talking about praying alone and praying together. According to a biblical worldview, the world is not simply material. You know, like the material world, things you can touch and smell and taste and stuff like that, but spiritual too. And actually, most of the world recognizes that. It's only in our kind of, mainly in our materialistic Western culture that we tend to deny the spiritual dimension. The Bible tells us that we don't live in a spiritually neutral world either. And we see this is true in Jesus' life when he is baptized with the Holy Spirit and he's led by the Spirit into the wilderness and he's tempted by the devil. There's a kingdom of darkness and a kingdom of light and they're opposed to one another. They're not equal in power. The kingdom of light is more powerful than the kingdom of darkness. The apostle Paul tells us of Christ that having disarmed the powers and authorities, he, i.e. Christ, made a public, public spectacle of them, triumphing over them by the cross. So Christ is already victorious over the powers of darkness, but we do not yet see everything under his feet. That's why when we look at the world, we see lots of things going on that we'd rather not see, like wars and famines, disasters, evil things going on, murders, terrorism, all those kind of evil things that are going on. And we do not yet see everything under Christ's feet, but one day we will. Why? Because he's already victorious. That's why. In the book of Revelation, one of the things said to one of the churches is this, I know your deeds. See, I have placed before you an open door that no one can shut. I know that you have little strength, yet you have kept my word and have not denied my name. I don't know about you, but when I look at the problems that there are in the world, the difficulties that there are, sometimes I feel helpless. I even feel helpless when I'm uh, looking at someone and I want to see the kingdom come in their life I want to see them responding to Jesus. I want to see them filled with God's uh, love. And I want to see their lives transformed so that they're following Jesus. And I I feel helpless. I feel that I have got little strength. Let alone to change the community. Let alone to change the nation. Let alone to change the nations of the world. You know, praying for North Korea, which is one of my, on my hit list. Praying for North Korea. Well, what do you pray? Where do you begin? Do you pray for a a righteous government to come into place? Do you pray for the leader to be saved? Do you pray for the gospel to be unleashed? Or all those things are a combination. Whatever you pray for, I personally feel like it says here, I have little strength. I haven't got the power actually to transform someone's life. I can help, I can teach, I can encourage, I can give money, I can serve, I can listen, I can counsel, I can do those things But in the end, to change that person's life is beyond my capability. I have but little strength. But Jesus says to this church as well, yeah, I have set before, I've placed before you an open door. He has an open door that no one can shut. What is this open door that's being talked about? What does it mean that there's an open door here? Well, Among other things, it must surely mean this, that there's an open door to come into God's presence. There's an open door to come into his throne room. 
There's an open door to meet with him, to worship, and to pray. The Christian life is full of opposition and full of opportunities. And prayer is a vital part in both overcoming opposition and seizing opportunities. The poet, the Victorian poet Alfred Lord Tennyson wrote, more things are wrought by prayer than this world dreams of. More things are wrought by prayer than this world dreams of. I love that. Many instances of people praying both on their own and with others in the Bible. However we do, it's good to set aside some time to pray. And hopefully our 40 days has been a great encouragement for all of us to do that. So first of all, I want to look at praying on your own. And I want to look at some of the words that Jesus said about that. From Matthew's Gospel, chapter 6, verses 5 and 6. And Jesus says this. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites. For they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly I tell you, they have received their reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your father who is unseen. Then your father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. So Jesus is saying here that there should be regular times when we should shut ourselves away from all outward distractions. What might those distractions be? Well, if you have a smartphone, I read somewhere last year, I think it was, that people tend to look at their smartphone at least 200 times a day. Shut yourself away. Go into your room, close the door. From all outward distractions, from family members, from television, from newspapers, from your work commitments, from surfing the internet, from Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, from your leisure activities, go into your room, close the door. Shut yourself away from these distractions. What might that mean for you? Well, a regular time, perhaps first thing in the morning. Perhaps you're an early bird. You like to be up early. You know, if the alarm clock goes off or you hear the bird singing, that's it. You're wide awake. You're raring to go. Yes, you can't wait to leap out of bed and get going. And maybe for you, that's a good time for you to go into your room and close the door and set some time aside. Or maybe it takes you a little while to get going, a bit like me. It takes you, maybe you need a coffee or you just need your little routine. Because you need to get going before you can do something like that. Maybe for you it's lunchtime. You can just carve out a piece of your lunch break to go into your room and close the door. Or maybe it's twilight time after work. can be a good time as well. You know, you've had your evening meal and instead of watching EastEnders or whatever it might be, go to your room and close the door. Shut yourself away. Pray to your father who is in secret and he will reward you. Personally, I'm not very good at sitting still, sitting in an armchair and and devoting myself to a quiet time of prayer. I tried that. I have to confess. I tried that in the early days of my Christian life. I thought, okay, I'll do this literally. I'll go into the room, I'll close the door and I'll sit down. I don't see it literally now, but I did then. So I went in, sat down, and either one, I would fall asleep or two, I would get bored very quickly. Uh, or three, I would just be so distracted that I would give up. Maybe I should have persevered, I don't know, but I prefer to just go outside somewhere 
And it doesn't matter if it's summer or winter. It doesn't bother me whether it's light or dark. I prefer to just go outside and I like to walk and pray. That's my go into your room and close the door time. Well, maybe you say, well, I pray a lot during the day. Okay, I just pray all the time and, you know, every situation and circumstance. That's fine. That's good too. But Jesus is telling us to set aside some specific time here. Go into your room. Close the door. It may be unseen by others, but the Lord sees. And he says that he will reward us for doing that. Now, this is not designed to be some kind of endurance test. Uh, some kind of Christian ordeal that you have to go through. No, it's not designed to be like that. It's designed so that we can approach our Father in heaven. Our Father in heaven who loves us. Our Father in heaven who numbers the hairs of our head. Our Father in heaven who sees the sparrow fall. Go into your room, close the door, and meet with your Father in heaven who loves you. You see, sin causes a separation between us and God. Symbolized in the Old Testament in the temple with a big thick curtain. That when Jesus died was ripped from top to bottom. I've set before you an open door. There's no barrier now. You can enter my presence. You can enter my presence confidently. You can enter my presence because of who I am and what I've done. You can enter my presence boldly because I have set aside that sin through my sacrifice on the cross. I have set before you an open door. Now there's someone at our Hazelmere site who has received a very special honor. And as a, as a result of receiving this special honor from the government, I think, I think it is, ultimately it's, yeah. Anyway, received this very special honor. And I was talking to them the other week and I said, uh, oh, I heard you got this honor. That's really good. What did you get it for? And they explained it to me. I said, does that mean you, you have to go to the palace? He said, yes, I'm going to the palace. I said, wow, amazing, the palace. I said, and who's going to give you the award? He said, well, it may well be the queen. I thought, wow, the queen. Oh, I'd love to be a bystander there, even if I wasn't getting an award. Wouldn't it be fantastic? Now, I'm a bit of a royalist here, certainly. The queen, I've got a lot of time for the queen. So if you're a Republican, you can go and see uh, Mrs. May or it might be Jeremy Corbyn. Well, that's fine. I'd prefer to go and see Her Majesty, Queen Elizabeth II. So anyway, um, so... Imagine that you'd had this invitation to go to the palace. Wow, that would be wonderful, wouldn't it? You, you'd, be, you'd be really excited. You'd get your best clothes on, wouldn't you? You'd be thinking weeks ahead what you're going to wear and do you get your hair done and all that kind of stuff and make sure your shoes are nice and clean and everything, yeah? Well, we have an invitation as an open door to enter the presence of the King of Kings. I love the way I think it's the Good News Bible translates that title, the supreme ruler of the kings of the earth. So you and I have got an open door. We may have little strength, but set before us is an open door to go into the very presence of the supreme ruler of the kings of the earth. The one who sets the stars in space. The one who keeps the sea in its place. The one who puts that little jewel 
in the Milky Way, in that little beautiful, brilliant jewel called planet Earth on which you and I live, we get to come into his holy divine presence, not because of what we've done, but because of who Jesus is and because of what Jesus has done. There's an invitation waiting for you and it's got your name on it. And Jesus says, come into my presence, go into your room, close the door and come into my presence and meet with me. So we can do that as we pray on our own. Now, a different kind of prayer would be what I would call Nehemiah prayers. Nehemiah was a servant to one of the kings of Persia. He was in exile and he was a cupbearer to the king. This was quite a prestigious job. You know, to go to the, perhaps he had to taste it to make sure it wasn't poison. I don't know. But he would bring the cup of wine or whatever it was into the king's presence. An honorable job. And of course, the king didn't want anybody looking miserable coming into his presence. He didn't want it looking as if, oh, I don't want to be doing this, but I've got to do it anyway. No, no, he wanted someone who would come in and be glad to serve the king. Now, Nehemiah had heard that Jerusalem was in ruins, and it really upset him, so he set himself to pray about it. So he goes into the king's presence one day, and he's looking very gloomy. The king says, what's wrong with you then? And Nehemiah explains. And then the king says, well, what do you want? At that moment, Nehemiah says a quick fire prayer. Just whoosh, up it goes. He's asking God for wisdom. What shall I ask? I don't know if you have any of those kind of quick fire prayers as well. Uh, sometimes I have them when, for example, I may just be walking through the Eden Center and I'm just walking through there, maybe lunchtime, minding my own business and just walking along and I just see a group of people and for some reason, somebody catches my eye and I just have a sense, I don't know where it comes from, there's a vulnerability about that person. And so I just say a quick prayer for that person. Will we bless them? They don't know I'm praying. Nobody knows I'm praying. Only the Lord. As I go along, I just pray for that person. A blessing on them. I don't know why I do it. I just do it. Uh, compassion, perhaps. Something has struck me. And I just quick prayer. And I walk past. My, one of my sons was telling me the other day that he was, when he lived in Nottingham, he was uh, in the street and he saw a woman in a wheelchair in the street. And he wanted to pray for her. Wanted to pray for her to be healed. So he said to her, would you like me to pray for you? And she said, yes. Yes. So he got down on his knees. He closed his eyes and he prayed for her. And he opened his eyes and she was still sitting in the wheelchair. But he did notice that there were tears in her eyes. And he said to her, are you all right? And she said, yes, I'm fine. She said, but nobody has ever offered to pray for me before. And he said afterwards, he felt the Lord say to him, you are expecting one outcome But actually, I intended another, that she would be touched with my love. So these quick fire prayers that we can do as well, just be open to that. I would encourage each one of us to do that. I don't know about you though, but I find that praying on my own can be a lonely place where I can easily get discouraged. Again, I don't know about you, but I like instant answers. I don't like having to wait. You know, the day I pray, I want to see it answered there and then. And, uh, or maybe the next day. You know, it's said that a week is a long time in politics. Well, in my prayer, my prayer life, a week is quite a long time as well. Sorry about that, but that's the way it is. So as we began this 40 days of prayer, I felt, Lord, speak to me about my problem. Speak to me about that. And again, some of it was from the book of Nehemiah. When Nehemiah prays, when he starts praying, he says this, give your servant success today. By granting him favor in the presence of this man. It's interesting, isn't it? 
give your servant success today. I want an instant answer. That's what he was praying for. Today. Now, the problem was, he got the answer that day, but it did not unfold until a few months later. He didn't even know that he got the answer that day, but he did. But it was only a few months later when he was in the presence of the king with the cup that he got the answer to the prayer that he prayed several months before. I thought, aha, there's a lesson there for me. Not only that, but I was also reading a couple of days later from the book of Daniel. And Daniel uh, realized he was in exile in uh, Babylon and uh, he had been praying about the return of the exiles and... uh, He'd been praying for some time, for several weeks. And after several weeks, an angelic visitor comes to visit him. And the angelic visitor says to him, do not be afraid, Daniel. Notice this. Since the first day that you set your mind to gain understanding and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard. And I have come in response to them. Notice that. Since the first day, your words were heard. I thought, aha, is there a lesson that I can learn here as well? That as I embark on my 40 days of prayer, as I embark on my Jericho prayers, where I want to see some of the walls come down, when I want to see the kingdom built, when I want to see people released, when I want to see them following Jesus, when I want to see nations changed, is there something that I can learn here? They prayed, and the first time they prayed, they were heard. But, let's see what happens with Daniel as well. Next verse. But the, the angel says, but the prince of the Persian kingdom resisted me 21 days. Then Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me because I was detained there with the king of Persia. Now that all sounds a bit obscure, but what it's to do with is this. It's to do with the fact that there is a kingdom of light, as I said at the beginning, and a kingdom of darkness. And in the kingdom of darkness, there are satanic powers that resist God's people, resist the prayers of God's people. I, how they do that, I don't know, but here it seems to indicate that they do. And there were resisting what Daniel was praying about and this angelic visitor needed some help again we don't understand all that was going on but he needed some help and then he came and answered the prayer so we're in a battle there is a kingdom of light and a kingdom of darkness and they're not co-equal but there is a resistance and Paul sometimes talks about wrestling in prayer you may not ever have wrestled anyone but you may well have seen it on TV or something. Wrestling is a hard, sweaty business where you might be in somebody's arm lock and they might get you on the floor and be sitting on top of you to wrestle in prayer. So it's not necessarily all plain sailing and easy. But nevertheless, they were hard. I heard your prayer. Wow, what an encouragement that is. Praying on your own can seem a lonely place because there's no one around we know the Lord is but there's no one else around to say amen to your prayers I don't know about you but I find it helpful as well to write some of my prayers down it's just one of the habits I've just have over the years I wouldn't call it a prayer journal I would call it more prayer jottings this is my latest one which I started in 2013 and I write things down And I can refer to them. And I was looking through this, my prayer jottings this week. And I noticed I prayed something on the 11th of August, 2014. And I saw it fulfilled to the letter this week. I was looking at one of the other prayer jottings that I've got upstairs just before the meeting began. 
I thought, I'll just have a quick flick through. And I was looking through. And I noticed someone's name came up that I've been praying for this person. And at this point, as I was praying for this person, I think it was 2004. Yeah, or 2006. And uh, I was praying for this person. And at that time, that person was causing a lot of problems in their family. That person was rejecting the Lord. They weren't following the Lord. And I was joining with with the family and praying for this person. I'll tell you what, I've seen a total transformation in that person's life. It's like the proverbial chalk and cheese. That person who was in a rebellious state, not following the Lord, doing stupid things that they shouldn't be doing, is now following the Lord wholeheartedly. Not half-heartedly, but wholeheartedly. Amazing. Maybe on the day that I started that prayer, I was heard, but I didn't see the answer until five years later. Praying your own can be a lonely place. So maybe writing things down can help. I certainly find it helpful. Maybe we need to sometimes have an extended specific time of prayer as well. And I mean, again, being honest here, I don't like fasting. I don't enjoy fasting. really don't. I don't look forward. I don't think, oh, great. Whee, fasting day. I think, oh, great. Fasting day. However, having said all that, <laughs> I think it's a good thing. It is a good thing. It's sacrificial, yeah. It's sacrificial to fast. It's not easy. It's difficult. You get hungry. You might get irritable. Your blood sugar level goes down and all that kind of stuff. And sometimes it can be really hard. However, I think it's a good thing to do. Well, A, because Jesus tells us to do it. But also, I think it's a, it shows something of the sincerity with which we approach things. Yeah, I'm praying for specific people. You know, they're on my heart. And I really, really want to see the kingdom come. I really do. I want to see them released into all that God has for them. I don't want to see them go to hell. I want to see them in heaven. I want to be able to rejoice with them in heaven. And so when I fast, it's showing something more of the sincerity and the dedication that I have in order to see that come to pass. That's how I look at it. And I'm praying wholeheartedly for them. And sometimes it's good to have that extended specific time to pray for specific things. So praying on your own is good. Go to your room. Close the door. Shut yourself away from distractions. Quick fire prayers during the day. Yes. But go to your room and close the door. Praying with others. Praying on your own is good. And praying with others, it all requires faith. But we can be buoyed by the faith of others. Do you know... Our midweek celebrations are great times to come and pray. And if you've not yet been to one, can I just encourage you, please, to come? Uh, Last week was amazing. It really was. I'm not just saying that in order to try and get you to come. I'm saying it because it was. And I, I, I was due to speak about the Holy Spirit. And so I've been thinking about that. And I was looking forward to just saying a very short word about that. And I was sitting over there somewhere. I think it might be in the third row so that might be anointed so just watch out okay I guess the spirit hits you powerfully um I was sitting about the third row over there and uh, one of the ladies she was burdened with and she'd been burdened for some time again it was about the holy spirit about the fire of the spirit coming and and uh, so she came and shared a little bit and she started to pray and boy did she pray wow she prayed powerfully she played prayed dynamically she prayed with all our heart and soul and mind and strength that's how it came across to me anyway and I'm just sitting there little old me in my 
third row, minding my own business. And as she's praying, boy, did I get hit by the Spirit. Wow, that was amazing. It was like the fountain just opened, whoosh. And I just started being filled with the joy of the Lord. And the more she prayed, the more intoxicated, I can't think of any other word, intoxicated I became with the Spirit to such an extent that I could barely sit on, the, sit on the chair. I slid off the chair and I was in danger of ending up on the floor because I was laughing so much and I was holding my stomach trying to just, I don't know. All I'm saying is there's a dynamism when we come together because Jesus said this, where two or three gather together in my name, there I am in the midst. Isn't that wonderful? That when we meet together as God's people, there's a dynamism that happens that you don't see anywhere else. Do you know what? You can go and see the Grand Canyon. You can go and see icebergs coming off Antarctica. You can go and see the Northern Lights, but there's nothing to beat being with God's people in a time of prayer when the Spirit is at work and the Spirit is moving. So what I'm saying is I don't want you to miss out. So this Tuesday, you know, I would just encourage you again. Encourage you, come. Because the Lord will be here and it will be an amazing time together. In the Acts of the Apostles, Peter and John were thrown in prison. Why? Because they healed a man in the name of Jesus and the authorities didn't like it. And when they were released, they were told, you are not to speak ever again in that man's name. So they went back to the believers and told them all that had happened And what did the believers do? Acts 4.24. When they heard this, they raised their voices together in prayer to God. They raised their voices together. There was a great sense of unity. Do you know there's a great sense of unity and power when the church meets together to pray. They shared the same vision. And when we meet together for that unity of purpose, there's something dynamic going on. Look, this is what happened. It says, after they prayed... The place where they were meeting was shaken and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and spoke the word of God boldly. Wow. I want to have my confidence in the gospel strengthened. I want to have my confidence in Jesus strengthened. Do you? Do you want to be able to be bold in your faith? Do you want to seize the opportunities that God gives you to share that you are in Christ and what he has done for you? Do you want to have that confidence in the face of opposition? The church met together, and as they met together and prayed, a confidence came upon them. Because I don't know about you, but I find if I'm on my own, on my own, on my own, just doing it myself, 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 I very quickly find that the confidence that I had fades. So let's meet together and pray together. There's another rather rather telling episode in the book of Exodus where the Amalekites attack the Israelites. The Israelites are coming out of slavery from Egypt. They're coming into the promised land and the Amalekite army comes out to annihilate them. So Moses, very wisely, he sends out Joshua and the army and he goes up on a hill with Aaron, his brother, and her. And Moses raises his arms and he prays for Joshua and the army. And as he prays for them with his arms raised, Joshua was winning. But when he puts his arms down, they start losing. So he lifts his arms up again and then Joshua starts to win again. But of course, he gets tired, he gets weary. He's doing it himself. Who wouldn't be? Do you sometimes feel like that when you're praying? You get weary? You get tired? You think, what's the point? I'm not seeing the answers I want. And your arms go down. So what happened was he sat down on a stone 
And Aaron came alongside him and he lifted one arm. And Hur came alongside the other side and he lifted the other arm. And as, he lift, as his arms were lifted up, so Joshua's victory was completed. And they destroyed the Amalekites and there was no more trouble from them. Because Moses had the help of others praying together. You know, in the battles that we face, in the wrestling that we face, we need one another. And I'll tell you this. If it wasn't for some of you here who have supported me and my family in prayer over the years, well, we wouldn't be where we are. Thank you so much for all the prayers that you've made. Now, you might say to me, well, Ron, that's okay for you. You've been around here 40 years. You know people. You've got lots of connections. You've got lots of people who pray for you. I first came to this church 40-odd years ago, and when I walked into the room, Living Waters, as it was in those days, and I walked into the room, how many people do you think I knew? I didn't know anybody. How many people were strangers to me when I walked into that room? Everybody. I knew nobody, and every single person was a stranger. So I had to start somewhere. So maybe the same is true for you. Maybe you're saying, well, Ron, you've got 40 years of connections here, so that's okay for you. But as for me, well, one of the things that we seek to do here is we seek to try and encourage people to get connected. And I'm sure at the end of this meeting, there'll be a time where there'll be some people down here and I'm happy to be one of them. If you need someone just to be like Aaron and her. And just to pray with you about that. I'll pray with you about that. Then we're more than willing to do that. Praying together is important. And Joshua won a great victory. There was a time also in Jesus' life. When he wanted the prayer support of others in the Garden of Gethsemane. He said just if you could just pray, pray guys that would be really cool. I'm paraphrasing here by the way. If you could just be there, I'm just going to go and pray over there a bit. And then he comes back and they're asleep. Couldn't you have you just even prayed a little bit with me? And he, you know, keep awake, guys. Just help me out here. And off he goes and he comes back and they're still asleep. There was a time when Jesus even needed support from other people. Except he didn't get it. Jesus said, our Father, give us. Yes, we can and should pray on our own, but it's also great to pray with others as a strength and encouragement in that. And the wonderful thing is this. Finally, when we come into the presence of the Lord through that open door, he's not sitting there passively with his arms folded saying, that prayer merits three out of ten. That prayer merits 7 out of 10. Oh, I might be interested in that one, but that 3 out of 10, no, I'm not interested in that. Uh, have you got any others? You got any 10s? Any 9s? No? No, no, no. It says the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groans. The Spirit and Jesus himself at the right hand of the Father intercedes for you and me. So when we come into the presence of Almighty God, the supreme ruler of the kings of the earth, who set before us an open door through the blood that he shed on the cross that no one can close, he's not just sitting there passively thinking, oh well, let's see how well you pray here. No, no, no. He is active. He's interested. He's involved. He's alongside. He's inspiring. Because he wants to see us transformed to become like him. And as a result of the transformation in us, other people can also see it and be transformed themselves so that us as ordinary people changed by Jesus can change the world. So yes, let's pray on our own. But yes, let's pray together. Amen.